Good evening. I'm Sergio. That's Jeff. And you're Hello. listening to... Okay, Let's, I'll try that again. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Sergio. That's Jeff. I'm, and, uh, <laughs> I swear to God. <laughs> Good evening. I'm Sergio. That's Jeff. Hello. Pause for giggles. Uh, and you're listening to the Shellheads podcast. Uh, we are a TMNT or Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles podcast. Uh, and and we're on episode 89. 89 of these things, Jeff. That's a good number. It is. A, it is a good number. Uh, have, it's been a while since we've had a numbered episode because the last one we, we had the, the interview. Mm-hmm. Uh, how, how, how's it going? It's going really well. Uh, we, we we promised everyone that we were gonna uh, watch some some 2K3, and that was like six weeks ago at this point. Yeah, well, we kind of had some stuff going on, so we apologize about that. Unfortunately, adulting and life had had gotten in the way. <laughs> I wasn't adulting. <laughs> well, pre-adulting. Uh, well, um, I guess I, I guess if raising children counts as adulting, sure. just. You're still using the lock them in their room and slide the pancake under the door method, right? Yes, yes. It's, exactly. it's surprisingly, it, it works. Yeah. They're real quiet if you just turn on some, like, white noise to muffle their screams. Yeah. Wow, I'm, all I'm, of these are jokes, by the way. <laughs> I don't actually do that. <laughs> they're, they're not jokes. You gotta be careful what you what you bark into the internet. My, my kids are, are well cared for. They're fed real food. If people can't tell the difference in jokes, and then I get my children taken away from me. So I kind of have to, you know, well, <laughs> I, I don't know if, if we have any. Um, what's the uh, child protective services mm-hmm. uh, staff listening? You, you never know, man. No, my my, my my kids are good. My kids are happy. My my son is grounded for the summer and. Ooh, yeah. For the entire summer. What uh, did he do? I, I just being himself and not listening to his mom. And it's just compounded month over month. But the important part of the story is he learned how to play Catan. Oh, okay. And now that's all he wants to do since he can't play video games or watch TV. So, wow. You want to play Catan? Hey dad, you want to play Catan? Uh, I've, I've spent the last three weeks playing a lot of settlers of Catan. Huh? Yeah. And that's a board game, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's uh, it's cool. I thought it was going to be bad, but it's really cool. So. Hmm. There's a lot of really good board games out there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Jeff, we have a main topic, and we are going to get to the main topic. And we have some, some news to go over. But before we get there, what is our first segment? It's time to see what's in our boxes! Oh, 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 I don't know why that sounded like obviously you said something different, but for some reason I wasn't prepared. <laughs> uh, since since you're you're telling us up front that there's something in your box, uh, Jeff, I'm going to let you go first. Like throwing you off. <laughs> well, so far, that's all the, the, you've done a really good job of it. This 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 first five minutes. So yes. keep it up. Well. Um, as our listeners may not know, um, 
from time to time, I'll go to uh, an auction website that deals with movie memorabilia, whether it be like movie posters, uh, autographs, all kinds of stuff. And they get tons of hundreds and hundreds of stuff um, or hundreds and hundreds of um, stock, you know, per week, month, whatever. I now have a complete collection of all three original uh, live action uh, film movie posters. I got the third movie poster in the mail um, last week. Cool. Now, this is an original 27 by 41 size poster, as they were up until that point. And they're unfolded. Originally, movie posters came folded, or Mm -hmm. some of them would come off the conveyor, you know, not folded and automated because, you know, movie uh, theater owners would come pick them up. So there's a a nice mixture of, of those posters that are not uh, folded. So it's always nice to get one that's not been folded. And we're, sh- and we're sure it's not a reprint. Yes. Is there a way to verify that? I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm not doubting it. I'm just wondering what the process would be if you were to, you know, get it verified. Um, there are sites out there that you can, they they tell you what to look for, like in the case of a lot of the earlier posters, like say Last Starfighter had like a white border around it and they had numbers and stuff. And, you know, it's really kind of hard to kind of replicate some of that stuff. Um, and, you know, usually if they're fakes, you know, the ink is very inferior. Um, some of the posters were double-sided, some were not. So there's, there's a lot um, of information out there for people to... Go through. So if they're if they're saying, oh, this is an original, uh, well, the biggest giveaway is the 27 by 41 size. If Trump, someone is trying to sell you an original 1990s Turtles poster and it's 27 by 40, then that's a reprint. All right, all right. Well, congratulations. That sounds like a like like a good uh, a good get. Well, thank you. I'm I'm very pleased. I have to put all of them together and like get them all framed and hung up at some point. Yeah, I like if I I'm not much of a poster, dude. I used to be like when I was a kid, every inch of my wall had posters on it. Yeah. But, you know, now that I have to share a house with a wife, there's not many posters up. Uh, Let's see. Did you get anything else or are we looking into my box next? Um, No, that is the extent of my Ninja Turtles get. Awesome. Awesome. I uh, just today. Uh, got delivered my Mount NECA pack from Mauser. <laughs> my Mauser <laughs> pack from NECA. What, what, no cuts. what was that? No cuts. <laughs> no cuts. Yeah. Uh, so it's so it's um, the Mauser multi-pack. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know how many are in it. I think it's like seven, seven or eight. And some of them are decapitated. Some of them are, are like battle damage. Some of them are regular. Like the, 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 it's a nice little assortment in that pack. And, What's what I think is really cool is it's it comes in a tiny box, not like a tiny, tiny box, but but you've seen how big the two pack boxes are, right? Oh, yeah. So it's in the same style as the two pack box, but it's like proportionally smaller. So when I pulled it out of the box, out of the shipping box, I was like, oh, what's this? is adorable. Yeah, because it just looks like a tiny little thing. Yeah. 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 
I, I know that people have been wanting the the, the Mauser multi-pack for quite a while now, so I'm, I'm very happy for everyone who got it, and they're going to open it and create these dioramas with, like, you know, 50, 50 to 100 Mausers and, and Baxter Stockman in the middle of it, and it's going to be even more effective when the human Bowser, or the human Baxter comes out later this year. Yeah. So oh, very cool. A lot, yeah. of, a lot of, a lot of creative people out there that have amazing shelf displays and, um, it's going to be very interesting to see the pictures pop up. Yeah. I, I don't have, I don't have that bone in my body. I, I can't, I can't do any of that. Yeah. Well, you have kids. Well, I could still look my my kids leave my stuff alone. Well, you've got one uh, still, you know, knee high. That's like, ooh, what is this? It's like, no. That's true. That's true. Uh, I so also he's got not off the hook. Who? What? <laughs> he's not off the hook. No, no, not yet. Not yet. One day he'll learn. Um, I also got in the mail a trade paperback. What is it? Oh, the Jenica Two trade paperback. Oh, cool. Uh, and it collects the Jenica 2 uh, five-issue miniseries, yeah, which I believe was two different stories in one miniseries, like in one set of books. And it, I guess it was just a – like they'd had two different Jenica, uh, you know, stories basically run back-to-back, and it did a really good job of exploring Jenica's first – adventures as a turtle you know her trying to kind of figuring out how do i how do i live as a turtle now that i'm a turtle because she started out of course as a human so it's pretty good it's not super amazing but uh i do try to get all the trades it like way later i get the trades i find them you know as cheap as i can get them but right that came in so i got that nice nice um and that's pretty much it that's that's what's in sergio's box and what i'm sorry what's in our box (laughs) what's next jeff and now it's time for the news Okay. yeah we have news i'm gonna let jeff take it from here since he is the news guy Sounding very calm and somber. She's like, okay, and now we have some news. Well, I, I had to calm everyone down after that boisterous d- news intro. There's no calming people down. Get excited, people. <laughs> Next time you're going to announce it like you're in the, like the, the 40s, like, and now it's time for the news. <laughs> it just bite. <laughs> news across the world with the shell heads. What's up with these women wearing pants? <laughs> Next up in total news, the March of War. <laughs> I don't know why he turned British there at the end. All right, I think <laughs> this bit is over. What's in the news? <laughs> uh, well, first up, uh, we've got uh, a major update to Nickelodeon All-Stars, um, which is the Smash Brothers style uh fighting game they've added voice acting finally and cam clark and townsend coleman are reprising their roles as leonardo and michelangelo Mm -hmm. um jim cummings will be voicing the shredder 
And I'm I'm a little bummed about this that, that Renee sadly Renee Jacobs is still not April. It's by uh it's looking like an actress by the name of Abby Trot is April, and I've never I'm not familiar with her um work. She might be the same one doing April in the Shredder's Revenge game. I'm not sure. Maybe. Um I think mainly because uh um Warner Brothers uh multiverses game uh, which is also another Smash Brothers type game has, you know, all the voice actors back for you know Shaggy, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, you know, stuff like that. Um, yeah, so yeah, that was like a like a glaring omission when it when it when it launched. So it's nice. Yeah, to and that's you know, there. I mean, it's all due to budget. You know, that's what it comes down to. Yep. Yep, yep. They didn't expect, you know, they they probably ex, uh, expected it to be another, you know, kart racer game. You don't put much money into it, you're not going to get much of a return. Ooh. I I don't well, it couldn't have been money because they ended up doing it. I don't know. You know, I, mean, I, I I just I just think that whoever's in charge of, you know, video games at Nickelodeon, they said, "All right, so we're releasing on this date, right?" We're releasing in October, right? And the developer was like, uh, yeah, "No, no, it's it's going to be later in 2022." And then someone looked at a sheet, at like a, a profit sheet, and said, "No, we're releasing in October." Yeah. And they said, "But we haven't added voice acting yet, or the voice acting's not ready." You're releasing in October. And they said, "Yes, sir." And that's how you get busted video games. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Cyberpunk. <laughs> well, I finally like installed it. It's on it's on my uh, my PC. I'm probably going to play it pretty soon, so cool. This this time next episode, you, we we might have some sort of update as to whether or not I like it. Yeah, okay. Well, there we go. What is our next topic? Uh next up is uh some figure news. Uh NECA has revealed uh their next Universal Monsters line figure. And it is Master Splinter as Van Helsing. That's the that was the right tone of voice. I'm very confused. It is a very it's a it's a befuddling uh, choice. It really is. Like for those of you who may not know who Van Helsing is, and we're not talking about Hugh Jackman, um, <laughs> you know, he hunts vampires and monsters and stuff and i was like so is splinter gonna hunt his sons i guess i mean you know but but by that logic april is supposed to marry Raphael. yeah you know like like you, you try to make any kind of sense out of a crossover like this you're you're the person who's going to be disappointed, not the, you know, anyone who's just looking at it at face value. Yeah. Um, it's a cool looking figure. It is very, it's very much splinter. I just, I just don't understand how that decision gets made when shredder is such the obvious choice. Yeah. Like if you didn't have a shredder that you could graft Van Helsing onto, then Splinter makes perfect sense, whatever. Yeah. But he's right there. Yeah. He's right there. Oh, whatever. It's it's fine. It's fine. 
Um, I guess I guess what maybe Shredder's going to be Dracula or something maybe. Maybe like my understanding is that they're going to do multiple waves of this. So maybe maybe Donnie will be Dracula next time or, you know, some someone else will be Dracula. Yeah. Or maybe they're going to go deep. They're, they might go like deep into the bench and get and us get like a like a bebop Dracula. Mm. But if these are based on the movie, they can't be bebop Dra- Dracula. Yeah. Casey, Casey, Dracula. That maybe. works. Maybe. I don't mm. know. It's 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 weird. Uh, it's uncomfortable, but I guess it's fine. Yeah. Uh, there's no release date or anything on that yet, is there? Uh, let's see. No, not that I not that I can say. Okay, that's fine. It it'll be here when it's here. Yeah. No biggie. Um. Let's see. I'll take the next chunk of news. Okay. So I think I messed that up. I don't think he hunts monsters. I think it's primarily just Dracula. Uh if well, if we're going by the Van Helsing from the uh Hugh Jackman Hugh Jackman movie. Yeah. He does hunt Dracula, Frankenstein's monster, yeah, Mr. But I don't Hyde, think, werewolves. I don't, I don't know. Unless they're not doing that. I don't know. <laughs> I don't want Russ getting on to me again. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, oh, <laughs> we have our own personal fact checker. It's great. Yeah. Uh, my my news is so we were we were informed by a listener that all three scores from the the mo- the, the original three movies, like all of them, are on Spotify. That's very cool. That is really cool. Like they've been you know releasing them. Via what? What is it? Waxworks uh, records, yeah. and yeah. they've been doing CD releases and vinyl releases, or or record releases, and uh, it's really cool that they just also put them up on Spotify. Yeah, and it's it's interesting that they put the third one up already, but we don't have a CD or a record for that yet. So that's probably coming. Oh well, we know it's coming. Yeah, like it's been confirmed. It just hadn't released yet. Yeah, it's cool. If you have Spotify, go listen. It's especially that first one. That first score is amazing. Oh yeah, the second one was is is very much nineties. Mm-hmm. Oh, I oh I have oh you want to hear my surprise news, Jeff? Oh yeah. So uh, it, it was either last episode or the episode before we talked about the first seasons of rise and the Nickelodeon show being available on Netflix. Mm-hmm. Well, apparently Netflix users are very happy with this because as of right now, uh, the Nickelodeon TM and T show is the seventh most watched show on Netflix. Oh, wow. That's nice. Yeah. Yeah. In the top 10 and it's been there for, I don't know how often they, they update these, these charts, but it's been there for like a week, possibly longer. So I guess that it just tells us that the turtles have legs. Well, I hope so. I you mean, also, they, too, think about how many people did not get to see the original run um, of uh, t- uh, 2K12. 
yeah, yeah. I guess anyone who is who who cut the cord. Yeah. And then you know didn't or, have cable. Or didn't buy the you know DVDs or you know extreme lack of Blu-ray. Uh, well, yeah. No, well, they're not just going to buy the the, the the DVDs having not seen them, not having not seen the show. Yeah. Uh, that's that's very unlikely. Um, all I know is is that it's Should in the be. top ten on Netflix right now, which is every time I see it on there, it just it just makes me giddy. Uh, it's so I'm so happy. Yeah. Uh, we have mm-hmm. one more. One more, I guess, big news. It's not really big news. It's 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 news on Shredder's Revenge. Yeah. Oh, I was gonna kind have of. you take that. Oh, sorry. I had to sign a, had to sign that out of Paramount Plus just to see. Um. Well, I mean, it's an update, but it's kind of, you know, we we still don't have a release date for the dang thing. Um, but limited run games. Um, just had their panel this past Monday, and they announced that uh, their releases will have a. And I, I don't, I'm not sure about retail uh, releases because it, it will be getting a retail release as well. Uh, but it will be coming with a Pizza Hut personal pan pizza coupon. <laughs> that's that's very charming. Yeah, it is. Uh, so, so Pizza Hut still does personal pan pizzas? I, I would imagine so. Of course, I haven't had Pizza Hut in decades. Decade? There's no way it's been decades. Probably 20 years? Or more. Yeah, it's probably longer than that, yeah. Why? I don't like Pizza Hut anymore. How do you know? You haven't had it in 20 years, Jeff. We have, we have Pizza Shack. (laughs) So that's my go-to. But... Still, like, I don't feel like you're an expert on the topic if you haven't eaten there in 20 years. Look, we got other pizza places. We got Papa John's and, you know, and and Domino's and stuff. And, you know, those kind of took over. Look, I I eat Pizza Hut like once a year and it sucks every time. So I like I'm not saying it. I'm not trying to defend it. It's just weird that you're like, I haven't eaten in 20 years because it's bad. If if it wasn't, then I would still be eating Pizza Hut. <laughs> Cowabunga! Well, hey, Jeff. Uh, we're actually dropping in and uh, recording a, a quick pickup for news because literally the, the morning after we recorded, they announced some more stuff about Shredder's Revenge. They did. Boy, yeah, did so, they ever. So so at, so being the the huge video game guy that you are, what, what, yes. what did they announce? So we have three separate editions uh, for your, you know, three tiers of fans. You've got a standard release, you've got a classic edition release, and the radical edition release. The higher up you go, the more stuff you get, and well, the more you pay. <laughs> yeah. All three come with uh, personal pan pizza, Pizza Hut coupons. Uh, okay. your standard, your standard release comes with reversible covers, sprite stickers, art book, and the, uh, or art booklet, I should say, then the, the coupon, your classic edition comes with a steelbook case, a VHS replica style case, um, 
and then uh, stickers and um, yeah, sorry, retro style slipcover, the VHS slipcover, and a VHS style box. Um, and then your radical edition. This oh, radical edition is kind of ridiculous. It is kind of ridiculous, but it, it you know it's a fat baby. Um, you get pretty much all the previous stuff that we just talked about in the other versions, but you also get uh, the soundtrack. You get a new Shredder action figure, which is well, I say new, new retro style shredder action figure which looks more like he was supposed to uh in in the uh in the show in other words they gave him a shirt um they gave him a paint job yeah paint job yeah um you get a shadow box which is like like an like a, a screen looks like a screen capture from uh the game uh you get a 18 by 24 poster you get a strategy guide, a mini arcade cabinet replica movie viewer. Um, it plays the game's trailer, which is kind of unnecessary, but kind of also very cool looking. Then <laughs> um, you get this, you know, this giant box. Now, editions come for Nintendo Switch, PlayStation 4, and what's that? is that Xbox One? Yes. And you can only get the Pizza Hut coupon through the limited run editions. There will be a standard retail edition uh, later on as well. But also note that pre-orders for this through limited run will be open for at least a month. So you've got plenty of time to get uh, your pre-orders in. Okay, okay. And also note, these are going to take a while to come out, especially the, the big fat limited edition uh, the radical edition ones. Uh, so just, I do a lot of limited run stuff. It takes a while, but you know, the wait's worth it. I'm also probably going to buy digital because I can't wait. Yeah. Uh, it not, it not being available day and date is painful. It is painful. And I wish that they had done this way in advance. Um, well, the thing we still don't have a release date, so who knows? It could be way in advance. <laughs> this could be way in advance. This is true. Uh, but this, th- they did the same stuff for uh, Streets of Rage Four. Yeah. And it eventually got a release. Well, it got two releases. Uh, standard. Um, it did a complete DLC edition later on. So. Yeah. I. So, so much of this just baffles me, man. Like, what is this blister box packaging? It looks pretty dope. Right, but it, <laughs> the blister box packaging is basically... Oh, that, yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so in the, the Radical Edition, you can... The game will be sealed in a in a blister package like it's an action figure? I guess so. Which means you can't play it unless you open it, but it's in a blister package, so it encourages you not to open it because it's like an action figure. I don't know. Yeah, don't know. it's it's this whole thing is bizarre to me. Like, I, I guess I'm just not in the know on this this limited run stuff. Like, 
even even the, the the classic edition, it's got the standard case and the reversible cover, which I love reversible covers. Like that's yeah. the, literally the cheapest way to make something seem fancy. Yeah. But it also comes with a steel book, so you basically get a choice as to which case you're going to keep your game in. Yeah. And then there's a retro style slip cover that's based on the that will slip on the outside of a VHS style box. Mm-hmm. Is that a third option to keep your game in? Or will yeah. this VHS box hold the steel book and the standard case? I'm thinking all that's going to fit inside that VHS style box. Um, Cause from just from my purchases that I've done before, mm-hmm. like for Scott Pilgrim, they did, you had your choice um, of editions and I got, one where it looked like it was a replica of a Genesis case. And that was a big box. So everything fit in that. Okay. Including a steel book. Okay. Then that's probably what I'm going to end up getting is, is the classic edition because it's 64 bucks or 65 bucks. It, the, the, the VHS style packaging is really cool. Yeah. But this, <laughs> this radical edition is, this is over the top. Yes, yeah, a bit much for you. It's a bit much for anyone, man. Like, are you going to get the Radical Edition? I'm not sure yet. Because, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I definitely don't think it's worth $200. Yeah. Considering most of what's in it, you get at the $65 tier. Yeah. So, which system will you be get, getting it for? Uh, that is yet to be determined. Mm. Because I have all three systems, and well, you're an achievement guy, so I know you'd go PS4 or Xbox. Right, right. Yeah, yeah. And Nintendo Switch is off the table. Um, yeah. Like my understanding is, these are ev- eventually going to be natively available for PS5 and Xbox Series X. My understanding. I could be wrong, but mm-hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe PS4. We'll see. Yeah. Now, they do have the license to do PS5 stuff, so that's, you know, yeah, a possibility. But, again, this is all we have the information for right now. Yeah. But this is this is cool. It's cool. It's weird. Yeah. It's, this is definitely like the weirdo edition. Yeah. I mean, kind of like the uh, the Calabunga collection. Yeah. Uh, oh, you didn't mention the the PC big box edition. Oh yeah, I forgot about the PC. Yeah. So of course it's coming to PC, and typically like nowadays all PC games are just download. You you don't even bother buying a physical copy of it, but. Uh, the the PC version comes with a a big PC bo- box with a USB stick, which is cool. Um, a piece a PC jewel case, so the game will come in like a CD a CD case, and then the steel book, which it seems like they're just throwing in everything. Uh, a mouse pad, the sprite stickers, and of course the personal pan pizza. Mouse pad is cool. Yeah, 
I hate mouse pads. I don't believe in mouse pads. They are unnecessary. However, that one's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, it's a mouse or mouse pad. So that's it is. It, it is a mouse or mouse pad. <laughs> kind of perfect. All right. All right. Well, I guess that's it for our drop in. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad we we're able to get this in the news so we don't have to wait two weeks to talk about it. Me too. Okay, so back to your regularly scheduled Shellhead show. Enjoy. All right! Okay, so that does it for the traditional Turtles news. Uh, we do have a bit of of Shellhead's news. News within the news? New, yes, we, we have, we're inceptioning the news. Newsception. Yeah, so uh, as some of you may, have, may remember... Uh, Last year at the Mississippi Comic Con in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, we, Jeff and I, had a panel that where we talked about Ninja Turtles, right? Because that's mm-hmm. what we do. We're shellheads. Uh, this year we have a panel again, and that panel is taking place on Saturday, uh, the Saturday of the show, which turns out to be 1.15 p.m. in panel room one. Saturday, June 25th. Uh, so if you if you would like to see us in person, talk about TMNT, the state of the shell. That's that's the top. That's the title I came up with. Very nice. Uh, you can totally show up at 115 and check us out. Uh, or you can do a, a solid and show up at 12:15 and see our good buddies over at the Bear in the Beard podcast. They're doing a, a, a panel right before ours uh, called "With Great Power Comes Great Responsibility." I think that might be about Spider-Man. Hmm. But Maybe. I don't know. Maybe. So, so yeah, yeah. Mississippi Comic Con in Jackson, Mississippi, uh, at the Trademark downtown. Uh, on June 25th at 1.15 p.m. Uh, check us out. Uh, we're going to have a whole bunch of stuff to give away. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to get my hands on as many like just freebie items to, to, to chunk at the crowd. Um, so so I guess bring your bring your baseball gloves to catch whatever I throw at you. Uh, you get you, you busted out the T-shirt cannon. It, dude, if if I had a T-shirt cannon. I would be launching T-shirts throughout the entire Comic Con. That would be great. until I got kicked out. That'd be amazing. Um, Somebody send him a T-shirt cannon. <laughs> I would pay money to see people. No, 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 no. We're buying T-shirts. Like we are, we are absolutely accepting T-shirt cannon company uh, advertising dollars. I'll gladly talk all about your T-shirt cannon. Uh, on the podcast and the panel. Yeah. Slap some shellhead stickers on that bad boy. You, you, you don't get this opportunity, but once in a lifetime, T-shirt cannon companies. Yeah, but we're not shooting anybody in rafters. We know how well that turned out for uh, Flanders' wife. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> oh, that's a deep cut. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, just I guess one more time. Uh, at 1.15 p.m. on June 25th, that is the Saturday of the Mississippi Comic-Con in Jackson, Mississippi, these shellheads will be in person talking about basically the future of the Ninja Turtles. I'm bring some Sharpies. If you guys want me to sign your babies, I'll sign your babies. Uh, you know, your whatever. We'll, we'll, you know. All right. 
since since Jeff made it weird, we're gonna move on. <laughs> uh, I, I guess now is the time for our break because our main topic is coming up. We'll be right back. And we're back. Uh, so uh, it's t- it's time for our main topic, and uh, as you already know, we're talking about the 2K3 cartoon produced by four kids uh, in the early 2000s. Uh, we've we've been slowly going through each and every episode, season to season, you know, about eight episodes at a time, and we have made it to season. Th- we've made it to the end of season three. Mm-hmm. So we're we're very quickly running out of good episodes of this show, Jeff. See, you keep saying that. No, I, it's because it's true. Mm. Like the end of season four. That's that's where the great episodes end. Hmm. Like I would argue that the fast forward season is pretty good, but that's just me. Hmm. Um. But that fifth season. Hot garbage. We'll get there, though. Uh, see, again, I, I don't agree, but oh, we'll get there. I, I hate that season so much. But, again, we'll get there. We're not there yet. We're Right now, we're talking about season three. During the prime of uh, the Ninja Turtles run, uh, again, uh, just a, a little overview of the, the 2003 cartoon. As we've stated before, uh, since we created these three phases of of ninja turtle history this was kind of the pillar of phase two Uh, and of course phase two is when peter laird had sole ownership of the property and kind of spearheaded a revival that included the publication of the volume four books and the launch of the 2k3 cartoon uh, all kind of culminating in uh, a new a new movie, which of course was TMNT, and ending with Turtles Forever. And we'll get to Turtles Forever when we get to Turtles Forever. It's going to take us a while, but we'll get there. Yeah. As as for the episodes that we watched, Jeff, what did you think? I know you've seen these before, but what is uh, th- this was a, a an interesting set of of episodes. What, what what are your first thoughts? It's it's it has been quite a while since I had watched all of these, but um, this is a really good chunk of episodes. Like, lots of action and just just stuff all over the place. Yeah, yeah. I, actually, I was going to mention the action uh, in, in these episodes, because there's, there's a lot, and I think it almost borders on excessive. I because say, you know me, I like a lot of action. Yeah. But ultimately, action doesn't matter. You know, like action doesn't move the story, the story forward. Action is what you have to get through to get to the next story beat. And they're beating the shell out of all kinds of people up in this <laughs> episodes. Uh, and I for <clears throat> excuse me, I forgot that this is like a five part series with then three additional episodes after it. Yeah. I had completely forgot about that. And it, it, I guess it just didn't help that they have different names. Like, it's not like, uh, you know, 
fighting this guy, part one, fighting this guy, part two. Like, no, they all have unique names, so they don't really jump off the page as being part of the same story. Yeah. Uh, like like uh, multidimensional crisis, part one or whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. Time and space crisis, whatever, you know? <laughs> and this do you remember when we watched rise and there was that one episode where they were in or there was that set of episodes where they were in the underground city yeah like i feel like th- those that set of episodes shares some dna with this one yeah with this set of episodes yeah 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 except they were i i still felt that some of those episodes were out of order but um you know yeah that that doesn't matter yeah, it, but the the idea is we see like an opening intro scene and then all the turtles get zapped into other dimensions and we then get one episode per turtle explaining the dimension that they've been zapped to. Right. Yeah. And then there's a fifth episode wrapping all of it up. And there you go. You You have yourself. That's what 20 minutes times five is. That's like a feature length movie. Yeah. Like if if you were to get creative and like edit all this stuff together, you could make it into a movie. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um we should note, we should note that uh we mentioned earlier in the show that all of these episodes are available on Paramount Plus. Yeah, all 7 seasons. All yeah, all 7 seasons are on Paramount Plus. But what we haven't noted ever is that they have a pseudo high definition ver- version of these episodes. They look really good. They, like, they've definitely been upscaled, but not like to the point to where it looks like crap. Like they look, they look nice. I, I like, I don't even know if upscaled is the word. I think maybe, maybe they were downscaled to 480 at the time of you know, they were originally aired. Like maybe they were produced because what what what's what was the when I hit the button on my TV to, to basically to see what the aspect ratio was it was like twelve eighty by nine forty or something it was an, uh, nine eighty well, well or originally four by three well yeah yeah it's it, of course it's four by three but yeah. it still has more scan lines than your traditional DVD release because yeah. the DVD is going to go, is going to cap out at eight or at four eighty. I think, because I think at that point they had stopped doing the traditional, uh, style of animation and switched was, to digital. Yeah. Yeah. That's probably true. It's, uh, it's, it's one of those things where like, I know they did that on Batman beyond, but I can't, just right now recall exactly what like year they started doing that it was it was around the 200s um or 2000 yeah it was around the 2000s um yeah yeah like it makes it makes sense that this be produced in a digital format it was it's 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 the 21st century pro yeah uh it, it, it was just remarkable to see it in such high definition not thinking that those versions existed at all yeah. You know, yeah, now, so now it's not going to be it doesn't look super crisp and clean like, you know, like you you know, you would get 
you know, a series, uh, you know, later on in years, but it's close. It's very close. It's noticeably better than yes. the DVD releases. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, so, so, so big ups to Paramount plus, right? Yeah. And, and Hey, and, Paramount, you need to start release all of that on, on Blu-ray. <laughs> I'm hoping it's the, next year's the 10, the, 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 the 20 year anniversary. I mean, they have made a big deal with, with some companies to license more and more, uh, Blu-ray releases and 4k releases. So they're putting some stuff out. Yeah. With all of that said, uh, Let's jump into the first episode, and that is the 19th episode of season three, the 71st ep- episode overall, uh, Reality Check. Let me read over our, our quick synopsis here. Uh, the ultimate Damio's son and Draco merged into one entity arrive in the turtle's lair with, with Lord Simultaneous's time scepter. Seeking vengeance, the monster separates the turtles and Splinter across different aspects of reality. Michelangelo finds himself flung across the multiverse to a dream come true, a world where the turtles are superheroes with amazing powers. Uh, His joys ended abruptly, however, when he finds out uh, who the super turtles arch enemy is. uh, And that, that, of course, is an evil Splinter. Did you know, Jeff, that this episode is based on a comic book? Really? Well, not directly based on a comic book. Like, there are panels in uh, a volume four book, uh, volume four, number seven, that have super turtles with these, you know, those exact superpowers and that exact look. Uh, The book isn't about those. I think it's like a dream or it's some sort of. I can't remember the context that it's in volume four, but it's totally there. That's really cool. Yeah. Uh, and that that's volume four, issue seven. So we'll get there eventually. Uh, but volume four, issue seven was released in 2002. This episode was released in Oh five. So it only took them three years to get that one in, in into the cartoon. Pulling from every aspect. Yeah. Uh, what'd you think of this one? You know, it's just one of those just right kind of just like goofy and silly premises, you know, for a – these four episodes or these five episodes – okay, let's do four instead of the fifth wrap-up. Okay. They feel like very much a uh, a mini uh, micro-series issue of, of, of the comics. Yes. Like – Here's a Michelangelo story. Here's a Raphael. Here's a Donatello. Here's a Leo story. We're going to make that one two books. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I loved it. This was just so weird and just unusual. It was like a nice melting pot of X-Men meets Fantastic Four um, meets Turtles. Yeah, yeah. And, and you can see the – Peter Laird's influences throughout this episode, specifically oh. with the turtles that have, you know, that have the powers and, and meets justice league. Yeah. Yeah. I, I really like this episode. Michelangelo is very good in this episode. He really is. Uh, cause this is the, this is the series where we've seen him multiple times be the turtle Titan. Yeah. 
So he very much wants to be a superhero. He wants to have a, a cape on. He 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 wants to 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 basically be this version of the turtles. And he uh by the end of the episode, of course, he's you know transmitted back. Uh, we don't know where he goes, but he just kind of disappears, quantum leap style. And as he's as he's disappearing, he's all like. Uh, make sure they remember me by the name of Turtle Titan. Yeah, and they ended up erecting a statue of of Michelangelo as the Turtle Titan. Well, he's as himself, but well, yeah, but they refer to him did. as the Turtle Titan. Yeah, yeah, that would have been cool if he'd had his costume with him, but yeah, yeah. Uh, do you have any nuggets for this episode? Um, well, you know. Like when they when they face off against the sliver, it's so, <laughs> such a dumb name. Um, uh, he captures them in this like big green electric looking cage, and it um, let's see what's the name of the I'm trying to find the name of the uh, stuff that. Mikey basically makes a Superman kryptonite joke. Yep. uh, Which I was like, oh, that's fitting. Um, (laughs) I'm trying to see the name of the... The element? The element. Oh, yeah, I don't know. Utramidium. Utramidium is kind of perfect. Yeah, yeah. It's way better than unobtainium. (laughs) (laughs) We can't find any. I wonder why. Um, uh, but I do, I also do love the, um, the name of the weapon, uh, that, uh, the sliver is going to set off called the penultimate nullificator. I was like, this just <laughs> throwing out those big hammy, cheesy, you know, uh, comic style plots, uh, yep. which I, I love, I, I love that. Those little nods and throwbacks. Uh, let's oh. see. Uh, I've got a couple here. The, the the names of the turtles in like in the the alternate dimension. Yeah. Uh, Raphael is Gridix or Gridex maybe. Uh, Donatello Gritz. is Shelectro. Uh, Leonardo is Gravity Turtle. And Mikey is Bloboid. Mm-hmm. And as if you couldn't guess their powers, you know, uh, Gravity Turtle uses uh, a whip and stuff to fly. Or mm-hmm. levitate and do, you know, gravity stuff. Uh, Shelectro looks like, well, Electro. Um, <laughs> electric powers. Gridex is kind of like the Incredible Hulk meets Ant-Man meets the thing. Okay. Because he can, like, enlarge, hit, like, change his height and size. Um, and Bloboy, well, you know, is Blob. But apparently can turn into other um, other things. Well, he turned into Michelangelo to deceive the sliver to get out of the trap. Um, but we don't know if he could, you know, morph into other, you know, people. Yeah. Um, it's, cool. See, it's a cool episode. It is a cool episode. Um, and we get uh, an, an alternate look at, April and Casey and April being the mayor and Casey being like the, like what, what I'm calling white collar Casey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that makes sense. Yeah. Um, 
which is cool. Um, but yeah, this was a really fun episode. I really enjoyed this one. All right. Well, uh, let's let's keep the shell rolling. Uh, shells rolling. Uh, I, I don't. Uh, yeah, I I don't know. Let's 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 just move on to across the universe. Uh, Raphael is hurtled uh, through space to a planet where different alien species race huge motorcycles in high-stake competitions. Raph joins in and tries to teach his companions how to race honorably. Uh, this is a crossover episode uh, with Peter Laird and Jim Lawson's real-life comic series, Planet Racers. Did you know that, Jeff? Yes, I did, because uh, uh, when I was at a convention uh, to meet Peter and uh, the Mirage team, uh, they gave me, I believe, a Planet Racers like binder. Oh, cool. Or like a little folder type thing. I was like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'll take that. Yeah. So I, I I've never read I've never read the series, though. I do want to read that. Yeah, I've never read it either. I don't know if. Uh, I don't think that they are uh, plentiful. Like, I think they're kind of hard to find now. Mm-hmm. But I also think that it's the kind of hard to find that doesn't really matter because no one really read it in the first place. I, I, I think it was it was like a pet project that both of them were pretty passionate about because I, I know that I know for a fact that Peter Laird loves motorcycles. Oh, yeah. So does Jim Lawson. Yeah, like he, he loves motorcycles almost as much as he loves triceratopses. Triceratops. Mm-hmm. Tricera, what? Tricera. I don't know the plural for triceratops. Tricera. It's just triceratops. It's it, there's there's no you. Know, uh, ugh. So it's like deer. Sure. Okay. Or geese. No, because goose. Goose geese. Goose. Goose geese. Yeah, no, yeah. Because because that would be triceratops. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Shut it down. All right, let's see. What the shell them guys talking about Triceratops for? Um, so across the universe, I want to say this is named after a Beatles song. Maybe. I I don't have any evidence that it's actually named after that Beatles song, but in my head canon, it is. Okay. This is an example of an episode that I forgot existed, but upon watching it, I didn't care that it existed. Like, I love that they brought in Planet Racers. I love that it's, you know, kind of a crossover with that exact book. And I love that that Peter Laird had, you know, had his fingers in this show so, you know, so tight that, that he was able to pull that off. However, the yeah. execution is just a bunch of boring races. I mean, I thought it was fun. Uh, I, I don't really get much out of a cartoon motorcycle race. Um, it, it it really felt like the pod the, the pod racer scene in episode one of Star Star Wars. Mm. Oh well, that was more high impact. Yeah, and like uh, way the, more fast paced. Um, yeah. And, and and this does go into like the political intrigue of the production of the of, of the Planet Racers like competition. 
you know, so so, so it does go kind of deep into the lore of Planet Racers, which is cool. Mm-hmm. But by the end of it, I was like, let's 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 teleport this guy back. I'm 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 tired of this. Yeah. And I'm in now, boys. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was gonna say, and and at the end, when when Raphael's all like, remember, race honorably. I was just like, oh, that's a bit on the nose and kind of cheesy. Okay. All right. All right. All right. What you got? Um, I mean, I don't really have like any nuggets or anything like that. Um, it is it. Well, I I say that, uh, they're in this like spaceship that takes them to every planet and location. And in one of the windows, you see, I can't remember her name. I just have cat girl because she looks like a cat girl. Because uh, each each uh, bike has to have two people to race. So when Raphael got teleported in the middle of nowhere in the middle of the race, um, the bike got knocked off course and the girl was injured, so he had to take take um, her place. Um, so she's watching the race from the spaceship, and when you look in that window, I was like, oh hey. There's like recycled monsters from the the Turtles in Space arc. So they have the guy that's in the cantina that's the bartender mm-hmm. with that weird like mask and multi arms. Like, oh, here's, there's that guy. And there's a few other characters in there, too. I'm like, OK, I think it's the one of the uh, one of the ones that is when they get thrown in jail. And it was like, that's not the desserts. Those are the desserts over there. That little guy was in there. <laughs> Mikey's eating floor that's the floor wax you know um, so it's kind of cool uh, to, to see them again um, Commissioner Mori kind of looks like a weird like red skull except his face is pink and it looks like he like is wearing somebody's face over a face yeah yeah it's very disturbing looking um, like this kind of makes me want to read the Planet Racers books just to see how close this was to it. I think we're gonna have to. Well, eventually we'll run out of turtle stuff to talk about, right? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I do know that the Planet Racers do show up in Turtles Media in other places. Like there's a comic book with with with, with a story that they're in, and I believe they show up again in Two K Three. Hmm. So we'll get we'll get there. We'll get there. Yeah, it was fun. I I, I enjoyed it. Um, I it's like there's something about me and like racing and stuff like since I was a kid that I just kind of enjoyed throughout, you know, animation stuff like Speed Racer and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah. All right. That's fair. It was fun. And it was a nice little sci fi element to it, which was really cool. OK. Are you now are you ready for this next one? Yes. Uh, yes. We're not gonna t- oddly enough, we're not going to talk that long about it because we very recently talked about it already. Uh, but episode 21 uh, is same as it never was. A a, a personal favorite of, of bo- both Jeff and I. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the um, synopsis goes... Donatello is thrown forward in time into a grim dystopian future where the Shredder exercises totalitarian control. Don must find his emotionally hardened family and friends 
who believe that he uh, has been dead for 30 years to plan a final attack on the Shredder's headquarters. Let's see. We talked about this one. When did we talk about this one? Um, What was the topic? That's a really good question. Because it was not very long ago. I think we're using parallels for the last Ronin. Maybe. I don't know, but because because I watched this episode back when we when we covered it. Oh, no, it was. Yeah, it was because we read that comic book that was based on the that universe. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. La- last year uh, for the for the uh, fan fiction fest. So, OK, OK. Uh, but so, yeah, I guess I'd visit that episode to hear, you know, <laughs> some of our thoughts on the episode. But, but what do you have to say today about same as it never was? Man, this this episode hits hard, um, and it it definitely at the time I remember watching it when it aired, and I just I couldn't get enough of it. And I love like alternate history or alternate future storylines. Was you know, and it's it's it, it's the same old I won't say the same old story, but they've done stuff like this, like when one character disappears and they show up in another time. Like, oh wait, what's happening? You know, and it's very Terminator-esque, and you can definitely see uh, where inspiration for, or at least I feel, for Last Ronin, you know, was pulled from uh, this episode, because um, there's a lot of parallels. Yeah. Um, and uh, it was so nice to see, and I'm just going to say it, Michelangelo being a badass <laughs> I mean, he just went ham on that entire foot force, and it to still still to this day leaves me breathless watching him just go crazy. And I absolutely loved every minute of it. I love the style and the look of the of of uh, Mike, uh, Leo, and Raph in the future. Um, you know, April's looking all you know. Like Rambo, <laughs> <laughs> I was know. thinking Sarah Connor, and Sarah Connor too. Yeah, yeah. Um, but when you when you look really look at the grand scheme of it, like Donatello's plan was absolutely horrible because he got all of his brothers killed. Well, you're not wrong. You know, but and it's a pretty depressing episode. It's an awesome episode. It is an awesome awesome episode. It's awesome because they killed all all those characters. Like, if you're going to go to a universe and not reuse any of the characters in that universe, just kill them all. Yeah. Just do just do it, man. And that's like it's it's something that they don't normally do on television, Um, because like, you know, in the 80s and the you know 70s. Um, all throughout TV, we didn't get characters that died, at least on our shows in Japan, they were killing people off left and right. And those in anime like crazy. Um, I, 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 I would say that that was, that was, you're right up until the past, like 15 years in the past yeah. 15 years, a lot of shows have gotten very kill happy. Oh yeah. So it was an interesting choice to see, you know, all of that happen. Um, in this episode. Yeah. But what, what, what nuggets do you have? 
Um, so the the uh, was it the Karai Legions? Basically, you know, in that opening sequence when they're talking about when Karai is doing the vo- the voiceover of you know the Shredder is always watching. I was like, is he? Is he watching at, like all the time? <laughs> yes, because he's a pervert. Um, he, he he somehow just missed that Donatello showed back up, so he's clearly not watching always. Yeah. Um, there's a very Terminator-like scene with the Karai Legion walking through a field uh, of, like, skulls. Um, we get to see a giant super mecha shredder. Yeah. Um, both Splinter and Casey are dead. Yep. Yeah, by the end of this episode, it's just Donatello and April. Yeah. That's it. And then Donatello gets teleported back so it's just april o'neill yeah but at least they're free of everything and what was great was the way that they defeated super mecha shredder with the turtle tunneler which i thought it was a nice touch yeah yeah when when that turtle tunneler popped out of the ground i was like oh dude because because it's it's an obvious callback yeah to the original cartoon and this show does not have a lot of those yeah, of course that well that was also in the some of the notes you know going to the underground, because um, uh, that the turtle tunnelers in those previous two K three episodes. That's true. That's true. So, so yes, yeah, so, so this this is widely seen as one of the best episodes of this series. Oh yeah, and it, it's it's developed somewhat of a cult following. Uh, not not only are there, you know, of course, fan written comics, but there's also like fan like just fan fiction out there that's set like, in, the, in the in the same as it never was universe. Yeah. And there's like some really well done fan made videos of mm-hmm. like splicing stuff together. And I was like, wow, this looks really good. Um, I'd love to see a, a whole series. <laughs> we did. It was called The Last Ronin. <laughs> Well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and and like the thing is, is all the episodes like this and the last Ronin and any time a, a character dies in a comic book and that comic book ends up, you know, selling out across the country or across the world. It only reinforces the idea that humans are obsessed with death. Sure, we are. We're at we absolutely are. What is one of the most popular genres on every streaming platform? Murder shows. Hmm. Okay. Like even, even basic network television is flooded with, with crime procedurals where every other episode, it is a murder. If not every episode. I mean, Castle's a good example. Psych's a good example. People dying all of them shows every Mm -hmm. week. There was, there was a hit show on for like 10 years. That was just bones. Yeah. So, so, So like, it doesn't surprise me that a, the, the story, same as it never was, is has such a cult following because it includes so much death. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I really don't know where I was going with that, but we we should be able to see that we should be able to see this kind of stuff coming. And I, th- yeah. I guess we did because because, you know, when key characters in the IDW car, uh, comic 
died. I was like, oh, well, that issue is going to blow up. And of course it does. You know, they then do a second printing and a third printing because everyone's like, oh, no, this person died. Yeah. Yeah. It's 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 a it's such a weird human specific phenomenon. Uh, Are you ready to move on to the next episode? Yes, I am. Okay, the next one is called The Real World, Part 1. Not MTV-related. No, not the real world Chicago. No. Uh, Leonardo finds himself sent across all the aspects of reality. What? All right, that's a poorly written synopsis. Uh, To a feudal Japan-like dimension where he encounters anthropomorphic samurai animals, including his old friend, Usagi. This crossover episode is based on Stan Sakai's real-life comic series Usagi Yojimbo. Of course, we knew this. Uh, this is Usagi's second or third time being in 2K3? He was in the Battle Nexus. He was in Battle Nexus. Was he in anything before that? I'm trying to think because there's like... I don't think so. Let's see. The internet will tell us this. Yeah, he was the, the Battle Nexus was his first uh, appearance. But th- this time, instead of Usagi coming to uh, New York or coming to, or he's not going to New York in this one, but he he basically Leonardo gets to visit Usagi land and yeah. we can see several more characters from Stan Sakai's uh, Yojimbo verse. Yeah, yeah, he doesn't show up again until season four. Yeah. So, uh, you you know my my opinion on Usagi Ojimbo. I want to like him. I want to so bad. I just, I've never enjoyed any of the stories he's been in. I have. It's it's that simple. Like I want to like him. They've just given given me nothing to like. Outside of a cool character model. What do you think of this episode specifically? I absolutely loved it. Because I love Usagi. Um, I love how they, they put the uh, they put the di- reference to the dinosaur uh, in here. He's purple. He's uh, running around going crazy. Because he's always kind of like around in, you know, in the Usagi stuff. Um, it was nice to see... You know, this crossover uh, turtle team up, uh, as it were, um, and just kind of see because they him and Leonardo just work so well together. And it's all about the fights. But the fights were just fantastic in, in both of these episodes. And maybe um, that's why I don't care. Yeah, probably, you know. Because I don't even remember that much of the story of this episode. I just remember a bunch of swords being swung. Yeah. I mean, I love samurai movies and, you know, and stuff like that. Uh, Akira Kurosawa, you know, all that, all that great stuff. Um, And so that's why, it, you know, again, there's not much I'm not into. I know. I'm, you know, for, for our listeners, I, you know, it's just a nice, beautiful melting pot of just everything that I'm into. <laughs> So, you know, I've just been fascinated with samurais. And so, I'm like, you know, you throw a rabbit in there. I'm like, okay, I'll take that. <laughs> um, and uh, we, 
the episode ended with Leonardo and Usagi deciding, hey, uh, we don't know how we got, you know, how Leo got here, but I'm pretty sure that the Damio could could answer it because, you know, Ultimate Draco was uh, the one who sent him there. Yeah. Uh, And the Damio, of course, is at the Battle Nexus. So the episode ends uh, with them heading towards the Battle Nexus. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and that does lead into the next episode. Um, yeah, I, again, I I, I don't want to 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 talk too much about Usagi Ojimbo or Usagi or Miyamoto Usagi, whatever his name is in this series, because next episode, episode ninety, is going to be a character spotlight. Can you guess what character we will be spotlighting? Usagi. Yes, we are. Yep. So episode 90 is going to be a fat one. We're, uh, <laughs> once we're done talking about these, we'll talk about what exactly we're going to be covering, which is going to be fun. But I, I, I just I, I wish I liked Usagi, Usagi Ojimbo more. I really do. I wish you did too. Yeah, I have all of the figures like I have the figure from the, uh, the original cartoon. I have the 2K3 figure. I have the 2K12 figure. I have the the, the NECA figure pre-ordered, so like I, I do like the character design. I just I can't get behind the stories. Yeah. Uh, with that said, let's jump to the next episode, uh, which is the real world. The real world part two. Leonardo, hoping to find his family, travels with Usagi to the Battle Nexus to get help from the Damio, uh, but it turns out to be much easier said than done. When he gets there, the Damio is. Uh, he's kind of worn out or he's under duress. He, he, he seems like he's dying or withering away and we're not really sure why. And then there's a lot of deception and the, the Damio's uh, like right hand man turns out to actually be Draco or ultimate Draco. And th- th- this one also has a lot of fighting and, and this does bring everyone back to New York but but before we get into the the breakdown, I want to talk about Ultimate Dami or Ultimate Draco as a character, because because this is going to be our last opportunity to talk specifically about him. We ne- did we ever get a name for the Damio's son? Um, that is a very good question. Like I don't think we did because he every single time he's referred. To. He's referred. To, he's not referred to by name. He's referred to as the Damio son. Yeah. Which is real weird to me. That Give is that weird. dude a name. Yeah. Uh, and him being merged with Draco, the, the the character model that they have, where Draco's dragon face is sticking out of the Damio son's stomach, like it's it it's it's not good. It's very unsettling, but it looks kind of it looks disgusting and cool at the same time. I can't second to that. Uh, he, there are Do better ways to have de- designed that character. We got an action figure, didn't we? Not of Ultimate Draco, no. Hmm. I don't think we did get one of the Ultimate Ninja. Yeah. Um. Trying to see, I'm trying to use the internets to see if that dude has a name. I can, uh, um, according to Turtlepedia, his name is U E hmm. or Usama 
like UE dash S A M A, but he's just referred to as UE. So huh. I, I have no idea. Usama, the ultimate ninja. Weird. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's a real weird complaint to be like, why why just use his name? But whatever. Um, let's talk about the episode though. What'd you what'd you think? The Real World Part Two. It was very interesting to see, like, um, no, wait, was that this one or was that the the previous one? I forgot to say that I loved how um, Leo talked Usagi into dressing, disguising himself as a ninja. Uh, yeah, that was a lot of fun. Um, uh, in this one, it was them sneaking in again and they had to get uh the the daimyo's war staff and so we get the connections to why the turtles were kind of in flux as uh leonardo was trying to concentrate and pull them to them right but, right but something was blocking him, and of course we found out it was Draco dis- disguised as was it Gyoji? Yep. This you know his uh, the Damio's right hand man. Um, and then it took you know someone with more mental fortitude um, to pull everyone together, aka Splinter. Yep. Who was in a who was chained to a wall in a dungeon? Yeah, and so we also got some like we got uh, we we got uh, we saved a little bit of money this time on the episode as we we reused some footage. They reused a lot of footage in all four of these episodes or all five of these episodes. Yeah, it, 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 for lack of a better term, it felt like next mutation there for a minute. Yeah. Uh but 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 yeah yeah like again. All of these could be edited into one long movie, and the the scene where Leonardo's trying to pull them out is really effective because yeah. it because it shows. I always love it when Lord Simultaneous shows up at the last minute and he's like, "Ah, let me fix this, uh, man." Like, can we talk about this dude? He looks like he belongs at like all. He goes to all the Shriners conventions. See, I to me he just he he strikes me as like an old Jewish man from New York. Don Rickles. He looks like Don Rickles. There you go. Yeah. I was like, ah, you dum dums. <laughs> yeah, and 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 the, <laughs> the time scepter is is really one of those like magic items in in the lore that you can explain anything away with it. Yeah. It's like oh. Well, you know, the the time septa, it works on its own. It has its, has its own ideas. And yeah, I'm like, it's a mind of its own. It's like, oh, OK. All right. So we're just making stuff up now. Cool. Cool. I'm I'm fine with it. But it's 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 kind of like magic wands in Harry Potter. Like if something's going wrong, the right spell is going to be there for them to use no matter what. Yeah. You know, it's 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 like the force, the force in Star Wars. It's like, oh, what can what can the force do for you this week? Yeah. Uh, but it, it, again, 
anytime they do any time travel or dimension hopping stuff, it's always an exciting story. And and this one, while I do have my complaints, it kept my attention. And I was again, I was I was I was it's been a very long time since I've seen these episodes just like you. And I was very, very happy when when it all played out there at the end. And it was really touching when the Damio got basically gets a redo. Like, yeah, he, he called a mulligan on re raising his son. Yeah, that was pretty cool. Uh, and <clears throat> we and we don't know what happened to Draco the dragon. I guess oh, he did. Is he just dead? It's toast. Because the... like, they turned both of the character. They separated them and they turned into stone. And then Draco just to dust. And then uh, Lord Simultaneous resurrected um, the Damio's son. And but turned him into a child. Yeah. So I was like, oh, I get to raise you again and you not be evil. We'll see. Maybe. No takes his backsies. You know. Yeah, it's so. it's it's a cool end. It wrapped up a little too nicely for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, like how much better would the episode have been had his son just been dead? Oof. And in, instead of it being this happy ending, he's just like wrecked with sadness. And he's like, oh, the loss of my son is going to reign over my soul for the rest of my life. And the mm-hmm. turtles are like, all right, bye. Yeah, peace out. <laughs> we got Deuces. pizza to eat. <laughs> See you next year at the Battle Nexus, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like that would have been a more powerful story, but that's not a children's television show story. No, so it's a yeah. it's a bit much for us to expect that. Yeah. Uh, anything else for it for for this whole five episode arc before we move on? Mm, no. no. Okay. Okie doke. Well, what's next? Uh, what's next is Bishop's Gambit. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Agent Bishop captures Master Splinter to extract some of his mutant rat DNA. Uh, the turtles, Professor Honeycutt, who is miraculously uh, uh, reborn as a completely different-looking robot, and Leatherhead invade <laughs> Bishop's laboratory and discover just how frightening Bishop's plans for the world's safety are. Is? Plans are. No, yeah, it would be plans are. Uh, this is really the episode where we finally see the scope of Bishop's ambition and madness. Yeah. Yeah. His madness slash ambition slash talent slash intelligence. Like this dude has lost his mind. Mm-hmm. He's cloned himself. He's created a, like a, like a Terminator version of himself that has wicked long eighties hair. Predator. Yeah. Like a Terminator predator. Yeah. Yeah. And, they're in a warehouse full of basic, basically empty Bishop bodies that are wa- basically just waiting to be upgraded. They're all clones of Bishop himself. So uh, this one is this one is legitimately disturbing. Yeah. And I love it. Well, I do too. Yeah, this one does have really good action. I, I will give it that. 
Uh, this this like one just actually, yeah, all over the place. <laughs> I like I noticed the action sequences in this one, uh, unlike most of the the episodes. Mm-hmm. Um, what 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 are your thoughts on Bishop's Gambit? Anytime we get to see, you know, a character or, you know, uh, bad guys that are not the Shredder. And, of course, anytime the Shredder shows up in this show, it's been fantastic. But getting to get a character that is equal parts genius, equal parts just, you know can go toe to toe with the turtles martial arts style is so nice to see because God, he's all over the place, man. Yeah. Yeah. He's, he's like the ultimate bad guy. He's, yeah, he's got the, the, he's got the skills of the shredder. He's got the smarts of Baxter Stockman and he's got the budget of the United States government. Yeah. Your taxpayers dollars at work. Yeah. So like they made clones with my tax money? Yeah, that's <laughs> just one. He's arguably the most frightening villain they have in this series. Yeah. As menacing as this shredder is, Bishop is way scarier to me. Because he can do absolutely whatever the shell he wants. Yeah. And yeah. you can apply and what's so great about his character is you can apply any type of scenario you really can which bags him way deadlier and 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 on top of that because he is acting as the good guy of the world like he's there to protect mankind Mm -hmm. period so all of his actions are justified if he can justify attacking something or someone that is not human like you are a threat to the survival of the human race. I've got to step in, which means that he can step in at any moment for any reason that he deems necessary. It's it's thrilling and frightening and awesome. And this episode is a perfect example of that power. Oh, yeah. Uh, what nuggets do you have? Um... <laughs> he mentions Operation Mousetrap. I'm like, oh, there'll be a lawsuit there. Operation Mousetrap? Yeah. <laughs> they're, nah, because they're board games. Because they're board games. They are. I, I, but, I yeah. got the reference, Jeff. <laughs> okay, I just want to make sure, because sometimes... Um, we know, of course, the uh, well. We know why Professor Honeycutt looks like he's, you know, been working out because uh, he's been hanging out with Leatherhead. Yep. And that was always it's always nice to nice to see uh, Leatherhead. Um, and this this ultimate uh, what was the uh, his ultimate um, genetic creation, the Slayer, not Buffy. Um, <laughs> but it's 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 basically him. He looks like, uh, you know, Weapon X Wolverine just as out after he comes out of the, you know, the vat and they, you know, just the 
underwear and just whatever other stuff that he's got attached to his body yep mixed with predator mixed with cloaking ability mixed with uh terminator style you know unstoppable um just like i feel no pain um and 80s grunge rocker hair yeah yeah I feel like the hair was a deliberate throwback to like 80s action movies, 80s and early 90s action movies, because it really felt like they were trying to go with a specific aesthetic aesthetic uh, of like a a very predator Terminator. uh, Just just dumb 80s action movie. Yeah. And I mean, dumb in the nicest possible way. That's 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 a term of endearment in my house. It's dumb fun. Yeah. Because um, 80s action movies are dumb fun. Dumb fun. Now, correct me if I'm wrong, but this character shows back up later on quite significantly. Does he? I think so. Slayer? Doesn't he? I don't. Doesn't he come back as the Rat King? No. I don't. No, the Rat King's already debuted in this show. Oh. I think. Oh. No, you're absolutely right. That's a season four episode. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, snap. I, I thought that we had already watched that episode. It's an eye monster. Good call. Good catch. Very good catch. Oh, thank, you. Oh, thank you. Yeah. That's cool. Um. This this is is not a complaint, and technically it doesn't happen in this episode. But I kind of hate that they re- resurrected uh, Professor Honeycutt. Oh, N- not because I don't like the Fugitoid. I love the Fugitoid. Like I'm pro Fugitoid all the way. But don't kill him if you're just going to resurrect him in the same season. Yeah. Like let his death mean something. Uh, and if, I, if I'm looking at the archives here, looking at the Internet, uh, he died in Worlds Collide Part, part 3, um, and he returned in Mission of Gravity, which is 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, like, it's like 8 episodes later. And I don't know how he came back. Uh, he had, I, like, downloaded, a, a, a you know, his consciousness to... I think Don Tell's computer or just just the satellite or something. I I can't yeah remember. And, but and, you can't keep a good future boy down. That's true. Like he's 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 a computer. So as long as you back up the computer, you can't really kill it. So it, it I'm not saying it doesn't make sense, but don't kill a beloved character and then completely squander that emotional impact. Again, not a complaint, just a just an observation. Yeah. Um, that's all I have for Bishop's Gambit. As do I. Those mm-hmm. are some sick fights in that episode, man. <laughs> like Bishop using a freaking like chain claw. I can't remember the the correct. But that's uh, a real thing name of that weapon oh yeah they use it in like um like shaw brothers martial arts um films all the time well that just means it's a real thing is it like a real life thing 
not a not a movie real life thing. See, I haven't done the research on that. I just know that I've seen them in in Hong Kong films. Okay, okay. They're always freaking deadly in those movies too. You know, it remind you know those. It reminded me of those uh those things you get out of like vending machines that are like gooey and have a like a gooey hand. Oh yeah. Open. Yeah, it was, it was like yeah, one of those, except a, made of metal and had razor blades on the end of it. Yeah, it takes a gooey chunk out of your body if it hits you. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's move on to Exodus, part one. Part one. The Shredder prepares to leave the Earth and spread his plans of conquest and mass murder to other planets. Uh, as the citizens of New York celebrate Orokusaki's... Um, Monetary aid in repairing the city after the Triceraton invasion of the Utram homeworld will be – wait, what? Okay. After the tri- Triceraton invasion – wait, what? As the citizens of New York City celebrate Orokusaki's monetary aid in repairing the city after the Triceraton invasion of the Utram homeworld will be jeopardy. Okay, yeah, that sentence doesn't make any sense. The turtles and their allies decide they must sneak into the Shredder's headquarters and stop him from leaving Earth at all costs, uh, along with Agent Bishop and his laser guards. So this episode is fantastic. <laughs> yeah. Like, this season needed something like this. I'm not saying that the previous five episodes were bad or even a waste of time, but they didn't do much for the overarching story of the of the entire series. Mm-hmm. So Shredder basically saying like throwing deuces to Earth and saying, "Holla, you've been you know it's been fun, <laughs> but I have I have planets to conquer." Yeah, and the turtles having the ability to split their resources to address different parts of the shredders uh, plan and, 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 and compound was really cool because at the beginning of the episode, we see them split up. Mm-hmm. Like we see them making their plans, but they don't spell out why they're splitting up or what their plans are. It's, they're just like uh, Leo and Raph go here, Donatello and Leatherhead, you go down here. And as the episode plays out, you see why. Yeah. Like when 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 Shredder bust through the door to go to 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 where was it he was going? He was going to like the emergency um, evacuation rocket or whatever. And when he busted the door and both Leatherhead and Donatello was there, I was like, oh, snap, that's where they went. Mm hmm. Like, like it's it, it is. It has a, a craft to it, this episode, or at least both of these episodes do that most of the other episodes in this series just don't have yeah and i would say i think the the planning of this attack on his headquarters was a little bit better than the first time they did that yeah absolutely because you know they had a a a much more well-crafted team to you know to split up and just hit him where it hurts yeah yeah uh, now I do, I do have a question and I guess this is just my memory just blurring itself. Um, in the, the opening scene of the episode, we see 
Hamato Yoshi, not Splinter, Hamato Yoshi, serving yeah. as one of the guardians for the Utrams. Is that something that we that had previously been established? I believe so. Yes. Okay. It's it's at this point I've digested so much turtle stuff that uh everything just runs together. I can't remember anything anymore. Well, well, look, I mean, how many iterations have we gone through? Comics, TV shows, video games. <laughs> yeah. I mean, multiple phases, people. So, um, to my knowledge, I, I, I believe so. Um, I'm, I'm 50, 50 on that, to yeah. be honest. Yeah. Um, it's, 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 it's tough. Uh, just cause it's, you know, it's been so long since we've done seasons one and two. Um, and then that first big chunk of season three, cause you know, cause we're at the end now. Um, yeah. So if we're wrong, people don't, don't, don't <laughs> send hate. No, no just, just, just let don't. us know that we're wrong. It's like, I, yeah. I would love to be corrected. Like, oh, we'll just correct just, it. Like, Hey, just next be episode. nice about it, man. Are bad. <laughs> uh, but, the, the inclusion of the Hamato Yoshi like plot in this in this episode in these two episodes does kind of make the turtles and Splinter's presence make more sense. Yeah, you know because uh, Karai says it in the middle of the episode. What are you doing? Like we're ridding the Shredder of planet Earth. Why are you stopping us? Wait, and that sounded backwards. It sounded backwards. What do you mean? We're we're ridding planet. We're ridding the planet Earth of the Shredder. Sure, whatever. The, I'm sure they understood <laughs> what I meant. Um. <laughs> so so like even Karai was confused. Like, why are you doing this? And Splinter was like, No, nah, this th- this goes way deeper than just that. And besides, yeah. he's a homicidal maniac. He doesn't need to go conquering other planets. So, so like their actions were justified. But with no, Leo the, said that too. What's that? Le- it was Leo, not Splinter. Said what? He was saying that to her, you know, because he was I, she was questioning Leo. She's I never like, said not- I never said Splinter said that. Yeah, you just said Splinter. No, I didn't. You did. No, Splinter's like, nah, nah, you don't, you know. The way it followed up, not that she was, not that he was talking to Karai. That was the sentiment of the character through the two episodes. Sorry, I made it sound like it was. Jesus. Sorry. I'll let you drive next time, homie. No, that's okay. But there's always time for accuracies. So uh, I'm, I'm just saying them rooting this. This story in Hamato Yoshi's story. Is something that we haven't really seen before, like Hamato Yoshi has never been a factor. T- typically outside of the or the origin, you know, he's yeah. either splinter or he's dead. You know, he he's never like, oh, and by the way, he also was a guardian for these aliens from another planet. So that's I I really like the the detail there. Yeah. Oh yeah. Took me a very long time to say that. 
<laughs> what do you have for uh, for this episode? It definitely feels like much like same as it never was that in future, you know, IDW books, there's some influence that's been pulled from this, um, you know, because it's all about Shredder wanting to leave and conquer the Utrom homeworld. And so you kind of get that same sense of, you know, Krang wanting to do the same thing. Yes. And um, I thought that was really cool. Um, when <laughs> and and people don't notice this, so they have to, they have to escape. Shredder has to escape quick. So where's the spaceship? It's underneath where the party is, and so they hit the button and the and the floor starts opening. So people start scattering. I'm like. You know, I bet you there's going to be some people that are going to die and fall down that pit. Yep, I counted about two. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And I, they I was... just, like, I have screenshots. And they fall, but then they cut real quick, and they're like, oh, there's, there's two people. They're the ones. No, those are not the same people. Uh, it, it, it was <laughs> it was nice to see characters die. <laughs> yeah. Like, there to be actual consequences to actions taken by the characters. I mean, maybe they were lawyers or, you know, I don't know. Lawyers are a necessary functioning part of the society we live in. Look, that's always the pop shot that come that comedians <laughs> take at the lawyers. No offense to any lawyers out there, but there was probably lawyers. Lawyers um, fight for you. Yeah. <laughs> An anvil fell on my head. My lawyer collected for me. Um, Let's yeah. That. You're you're absolutely right when it comes to IDW pulling from elements of this story. I, maybe not directly, but when it comes to themes like there being three different factions in a fight, because in in this fight there's the turtles, there's Sh- Shredder, and then there's Bishop. Yeah. Who you know who shows up and just starts shooting everyone with rockets or or rocket or RPGs like. There's been there have been multiple IDW uh, books where there are three active parties in a fight and the turtles are like, what do what do we do? Like everyone wants us dead or they want to capture us or it's it's just complete bedlam. And typically bishops involved. Yeah. So so you're 100 so percent very right. well. It's so very well structured. Um, yeah. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and let's go ahead and move to part two because it was very much a two part episode, right? Yeah. Um, after a crushing defeat at the hands of Shredder, uh, the turtles and Splinter on board the uh, Shredder's starship must make some difficult decisions to stop their arch enemy. Uh, so, so yeah, the previous episode ends with Shredder successfully launching his spaceship. Right. And the the only people aboard with him uh, that we can tell are. What, what doctor? What was the, What's the doctor's name? Um, Chapman, Dr. Chapman. Yeah. Basically, uh, Baxter Stockman's replacement. Mm-hmm. And Karai, like the, the, according to Shredder, that's all that's on this spaceship. Those those, those three individuals. Uh, 
it's revealed very quickly in this 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 episode or actually the cliffhanger was are the turtles going to be able to reach this the spaceship jumping from the the the, the, the launch platform spoiler alert they made it and they are now stowaways on this this spaceship uh, but they get noticed very quickly it's not like they're it, it's a real secret that they're there yeah we get to see a super shredder-esque update to the shredder armor oh yeah uh, I, I hate to invoke the name Super Shredder uh, if I, you know, if I don't have to, but I, I feel like that is that might be what they were alluding to. I don't know. Yeah, you think so? I think so. Because he he doesn't get that many armor upgrades in this show, so no. Um, he looks amazing. He does. Yeah, he does look cool. Uh, one of the one of the better reveals in it wasn't this episode. The episode before was uh, Hun finding out that <laughs> that the Shredder is an Utrum. Yeah, he was like, "What? Like this dude has literally worked for him for how long?" <laughs> well, I mean, when you keep a secret, you keep a secret. Like Karai knows. Yeah, and I. Presumably Stockman knows, right? Like he knew that they were Stockman knew he was trying to escape on a spaceship. Yeah, but I don't think he knew that he was actually neutron. Right, but where would he go if I don't think he'd ever I don't know if he ever found out. Oh, snap. That's a good question. That yeah. Like I don't I don't know if we ever saw on screen that he knew, but I feel no. like his behavior in this episode reveals that he knows. Because like how would how would he know that a spaceship is being built? Yeah. How would he know that the the goal is to get into outer space when yeah it's, it's yeah we're we're thinking way too deep let's skip over that um yeah the turtles actually make the decision to blow up this the 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 the, the ship with everyone in it to keep the shredder from spreading you know, his murderous rage uh, across the galaxy, which, which is a, like, that's an important decision for these characters. It is. You know, they they have, they have no way of knowing they're going to survive uh, once they blow up the ship They're They're all assuming that their lives are over that, they, you know, they're going out with honor, which is a, you know, a very Ninja Turtles thing to do. Mm-hmm. And who are they saved by Jeff? The Utrons. The Utroms, that is correct. Um, now, of course, this is after the Shredder just murks every single one of them. Like, there were a couple of shots where it looked like he had just killed himself a turtle, or Karai had just killed herself self a turtle. Leonardo legit looks dead. Yeah, because he did get stabbed by uh, by Karai. Uh, he, like, there was a legit, there was a squelching sound. As something entered his flesh, it was it was kind of gross. Yeah. Um, oh, at, at, as of note, uh, and the same thing happened when Leatherhead uh, met some of Shredder's uh, or Bishop's guards. He just straight up ate them. <laughs> yeah, it's all off screen. You can't see it, but it, like the, it's just assumed. Yeah, that alligator just killed those guys. It's a squishy, gross sound. And, like, make sure you listen for it, folks. Yeah. 
It's either in this episode or the previous one. Yeah, they don't they don't show it. So no, who knows? No. Who knows what could have happened? But listen, but we know. Yeah, so yeah we, we are to assume that he just killed those dudes, which is had cool. Some, had some breakfast. Uh, but yeah, they're saved by the Utrams, the, the outer space Utrams, who take the Shredder, Karai, and Doctor Kaplan. Chaplin. Chaplin, yeah. Uh, take them prisoner. Uh, and put them on trial for, you know, crimes against the galaxy. Uh, and the turtles are there, all bandaged up and, and healing. Uh, they're all found guilty. Shredder is banished to a an ice asteroid. And Karai and, Ch- and Chaplin are given to the authorities on Earth. So th- this season really r- wraps itself up real tight, on, like, on a, w- with a bow. Yeah. What'd you think of the ending? So I'm, I'm conflicted a little bit. Like it was a, it was a, it was a good ending to the season, but also too, I kind of felt like it was maybe like a little bit of a misfire because if they had let him escape, they could have gone back into outer space and like (laughs) done an entire season of them going to other worlds and stuff, trying to track him down and stop him. That would have been an absolute freaking blast. Like, I, I get it. I get it. But I think I'd rather see where the story goes without Shredder. Yeah. And but, but of course, that does come from someone who really disliked when they brought in so many Shredders in the in the what, the fifth season? Yeah. How many, was it was it that season where they had like seven Shredders or five Shredders or whatever? Well, they technically weren't Shredder, but um, I mean, it was just one big one. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're, talking about the tribu- so You're talking about the Tribunal. Yeah, yeah. So, so it was like, what, the, the Voltron of Shredders? Well, I mean, they didn't turn into Shredder. <laughs> they just wore his garb or whatever. I know, I know. But it's it's we'll get there when we get there. Uh, yeah, like... At this point in the show, I'm done with Shredder. He was menacing. He's probably my favorite Shredder. But it is exciting to know, you know, what happens after they defeat the Shredder. Yeah. And, and of course, we do find out in season four. But saying bye to Shirelle was cathartic. It was nice. I liked it. Yeah. And I mean, don't don't get me wrong. You know, it is nice to kind of take a break from him for a while because, you know, because we've got Bishop to deal with. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to say something controversial. Uh Uh-oh. Let's juxtapose the end of this season with the end of the second season of Mandalorian. So in both season enders the main characters are saved at the very last minute by a, like a third party that you didn't know was in route. Right. Mm. In, in one case it was the Utrams and the, in, in the star Wars case, it was Luke Skywalker. Mm -hmm. I have been very vocal on other podcasts about how much I hated that Luke Skywalker scene because it it basically neutered the idea that Din Djarin was on some sort of hero quest, you know. It, 
you, you, the, the show is named the Mandalorian and he doesn't get to be the hero of his, of his own story. The way this episode is fundamentally different is that there is that moment before they're rescued where the turtles have dis- they've made the decision to make the ultimate sacrifice. Yeah. Like they are the heroes. They will die heroes. So them being saved doesn't take away from the sacrifice they were willing to make and their hero's journey through this, you know, this this two episodes or this series as a whole, right? That's intact. They're still the hero hero of their own story. That's why this is better. I mean, I like both. So. <laughs> you know, I'm just throwing that out there. I, like it's it's w- when I was watching it today, that's one of the first things that, that came to mind was oh, this is a lot like Mandalorian season two, except good. So yeah, Mando season two was good. Most of it. I'm going to defend all of it, but that's me. <laughs> Yeah, this isn't a Star Wars podcast, but but just let me let me know if, if anyone of those. <laughs> yeah, if if anyone has any like anything to add to that specifically, because you, when watching all kinds of you know pop culture, you do see parallels you know from story to story and how the creators and writers address tropes that we've seen before matters. Like it matters whether or not they do it, do the characters and the story justice. And I feel like this two episode arc is a near perfect stamp on this season and the shredder character. Yeah. And that does it. You got anything else before we wrap this up? Uh, no, I mean, this was, this was a fantastic conclusion, um, to this season. Um, and you know, we, we, uh, we know we're in, of course it, it leaves our heroes battered and broken and we know what, we know what that means. Do we? Is vacation time. Oh, okay. (laughs) It's time to go back to Northampton. That's right. They do go back to Northampton. Mm -hmm. No complaints there. Nope. Uh, it's, I don't know when we're going to do uh, 2K3 again, but it'll be soon enough. Uh, yeah. And and once we get through season four, oh, oh buddy, we're going to have some discussions about some episodes. What are we talking about next time, Jeff? We will be doing our 90th episode, uh, and we will be doing another character spotlight. And we'll be talking about what? what? I said that is correct. And we will be covering Usagi Ujimbo. Yeah. Yeah. So this one, uh, like usually when we do a character spotlight, it's a pretty light episode where we just kind of, you know, talk through the different versions of the character and, uh, you know, give some opinions and some some just, you know, just little tidbits here and there. This one's going to be a bit more in depth. Because it's going to double as a crossover episode. So in our previous crossover episodes, what we what we did is we covered the things that were crossed over and IDW has put, put together a really cool collection of every instance that Usagi Ojimbo crossed over with the Ninja Turtles in comic form. That's cool. 
yeah, it's like a hardback uh, book. It was released, of, uh, I think, three or four years ago. It was right after they got the Usagi license, right? Mm. So we're going to read that. Cool. Uh, we're also going to watch the new uh, Samurai Rabbit series uh. on Netflix. Uh, we may, we're not going to go an, through like an episode to episode walkthrough like we typically do. But, uh, you know, I, I want us both to understand the gist of the show so we can speak to it because it's getting a lot of press. It is inextricably tied to the Ninja Turtles, even though they're not in the show. And we should probably be able to speak to it. Yeah. You know, as shellheads. Um, and what I'm going to do, I'm not going to require you to do this, Jeff. Uh, I'm the crazy one. I'm going to go back and find all of the individual episodes in the 87 cartoon, 2K3 cartoon, and the Nickelodeon cartoon, and watch the Usagi episodes. Oh, wow. I'm going to watch those. That way I can speak to them when you know they come up in conversation so i've got some homework jeff you have a little reading but it's not going to be as bad um but i feel like episode 90 is going to be better for it yeah oh yeah and and and, and it's usagi ojimbo like he deserves he deserves a, a nice thick episode all about him right yeah yeah uh so i guess if you want to read along there's your homework yeah uh, between now and then, though, Jeff, what are you going to be up to? As always, Sergio, I'm going to be at the Warp Zone Arcade, uh, Brandon, Mississippi's premier arcade, uh, where we specialize in uh, retro and modern uh, games, uh, ranging from uh, SNK games on our Neo Geo cabinet, uh, King of Fighters, Windjammers. Metal Slug, all those fantastic games you can play that you uh, grew up with, um, or yeah, um, and <laughs> uh, we also do Super Smash Brothers tournaments uh, every Saturday, um, and we also do retro game restoration on uh, cartridge games and cartridge-based systems, um, and we're always getting interesting and unique games um, uh, for people to come check out. Um, and, uh, like our current Evil Dead the Game showcase, which has been going very well, and uh, a lot of people are really enjoying playing it. So if you love horror and survival uh, games, uh, come check us out. Um, we'd love to have you. And where can we find you, Sergio? Uh, well, uh, I can be found at realitybreach.com. Reality Breach has been rebooted. It is now uh, a streaming show on uh, Twitch. Uh, it's on YouTube as well. You can also find it in a brand new Reality Breached Live podcast feed. Uh, it's a much more streamlined show uh, that's about an hour long, uh, and we go through our topics pretty quickly. We no longer are sitting and talking for three hours. It's 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 been cleaned up a lot. Now it's still for adults, but it's been cleaned up a lot when it when it comes to you know the content that we cover. Nice. Uh, and it's it's going to be coming out on a, on a pretty regular cadence. Every every other week, we're going to have a brand new live show. Uh, and on the podcast feed, there's exclusive content uh, that we're calling. What are we calling? We're calling it. Uh, we're not allowed to call them reality bites. Oh, that's golden. Is what we're calling it. Uh, so oh, nice. 
th- those are little bite-sized episodes that are maybe 15, 20 minutes, and we cover one topic real quick. So maybe Jeff will be on one of those at some point. Yeah, maybe so. Because those those aren't video. Those are just, just audio. So check yeah. it out. Um, I'm really proud of the, the, the work that we're doing on the reboot. So definitely check us out on Twitch, on YouTube, uh, on the brand new podcast feed. If you can't find something, go to realitybreach.com. You can find it there. Otherwise, uh, that's it for Shellheads episode 89. Uh, again, if you happen to be in the Jackson, Mississippi area uh, or plan on visiting the Mississippi Comic Con, we will be there uh, on Saturday, June 25th uh, at 1.15 in panel room one talking about Ninja Turtles. Uh, so we would love for you to come up and say, hey, I listen to the show. And who knows? We, As I said, we're going to have a bunch of knickknacks to give away. So maybe I'll hand you a knickknack. Yeah. Don't know if I like the word knickknack. knickknack. Well, I mean, if it is a Nickelodeon approved product, then yeah, it would be a knickknack. Uh-huh. 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 Well, I, I can't top that. So, uh, with that said, <laughs> I'm Sergio. I'm Jeff. And we're Shellheads. Don't miss an episode of the Shellheads podcast. Visit realitybreach.com or subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, or anywhere you get your podcasts.